The podcast beyond World of Warcraft. And welcome everybody to season <laughs> two of Mocast. We did what? it. We're here. What? We got him. Oh man, <sighs> it's been it's been a long time. We had a huge break. Well, it was the holiday break, more or less. It was that huge. Everybody was super busy with the with yeah. the raid releasing and obviously the expansion releasing and everything like that. And I know you've seen the title, but today's guest is one that we've been trying to get for quite oh, a while. <laughs> it was it was, and, a, uh, it was a journey for yeah. sure. We yeah. want to officially welcome Hazel to the podcast. Hazel, How's hey. it going, Hazel? Hello. How you doing, Hi. Hazel? Thank you very much for having me. Glad to be here. Well, um, um, it's uh, it's been it's been um, how many months? I think we we emailed Hazel. One of the first contacts we reached out. To, yeah, in the summer, because you know we have some of our Was favorites, and then you know we have we have a lot of favorites, but you don't have the top list, right? And Hazel with such a busy bee. Well, all content creators were doing this summer because if you guys remember, we had Alpha for Shadowlands and Beta and such, and it was yeah. busy times for everybody. But here she is. So. Oh, I'm going to shut up now. Hazel, <laughs> let the good people of the YouTubes who don't know, I don't know who doesn't know, but who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello, I'm Hazel. I am a standard issue WoW content creator. So like most people, I'll do YouTube and, and I will also stream. My YouTube is a lot of guides and then a weekly news roundup. And then stream is just a lot of mount farming and, and very casual kind of social, just sort of chatting and Hanging out and spending time with people, especially now during um, during yeah. quarantine, it's nice to have people to talk to every day to, you know, make them not run together so smoothly. So, you know, nice, nice standard issue, middle of the road, <laughs> casual WoW stuff. I don't do anything too insane. I'm not mythic rating. I'm not world first <laughs> racing or anything like that. But, yeah, um, you know, playing the game and just sharing it with people. Because Hazel is for the people, <laughs> yo. Can I point out once one thing is when uh, when you wanted to say um, during this, it took a moment <laughs> that, YouTube, about it, that YouTube brain. You yeah, know, you cannot you cannot really say say it too explicit, but right. uh and you said quarantine, which is like you know, a very nice choice of words because uh yeah. YouTube doesn't like when, uh, doesn't like when it, we use uh, different words of the vocabulary for uh mm. but th th that's, for, for said thing. You, you know, it's it's interesting because um um Hazel, you know, she she mentioned like you know the the, the content that she does is pretty pretty chill, pretty laid back, but that doesn't mean I at least don't look for the goddamn guides. I mean, before we ever start each heroic um, uh, opening season, we started off, I kick it off with Hazel's guides. Now, there's a lot of people out there who do guides, but I know there's something about the delivery, the editing, and I know it takes a huge amount of work for, for that to, to be done. So among all the other things, Hazel, I want to personally thank you for helping me understand mechanics in heroic rating. God knows he needs it. Ah, shucks. Shut up, shut up. The I, biggest I need compliment my that I can ever get. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, the, the thing is, right, um, people can read up stuff on Wallhead, um, and, or, you know, there's, there's a bunch of sources nowadays uh, for getting into heroic rating or, you know, just normal rating or whatever, understand the mechanics, but there's something about visual information uh, dubbed up, you know, with a very nice voice and smooth delivery and proper research, right? Because you cannot fuck up guides too much because then you'll get blasted <laughs> off. But anyways, uh, I wanted to ask you, first of all, uh, uh, Hazel, when you first started your journey on YouTube making videos, I know you played a lot of uh, Don't Starve. And I think that was around Mist of Pandaria time. You did a couple of WoW videos. I think it was some pet battle stuff and a lot of, a lot of pet stuff. 
like when you started off, did you have like, I don't know, some sort of projection or dream or something or, or a goal is like, hey man, I'm going to make it into this. This is all I'm going to do. I'm started off with this. How, how did that go? I don't know. What was it? Eight years ago or seven years ago? Seven, seven, eight years ago now. Yeah, I started with Let's Plays because that was what I watched at the time. Um, yeah. Kind of 2013, sort of 2010 through 2013, I watched a lot of just like variety game Let's Plays and variety game reviews. So that's what I started doing. I don't think I, I really thought that I was going to make it into a career <laughs> at the time. I just needed something to fill some time with and I wanted to give it a try. Um, I started the WoW guides because I played a lot of WoW. I'd always played a lot of WoW. I'd been playing for quite a few years at that point. And Missa Pandari was fairly recently out and pet battles were quite a new system. Yeah. And I always figured that WoW was such a, even at the time, I thought that there was no room for anybody else in WoW. And so you look at all the successful creators and be like, well, they're doing it. They don't need me. But then there was this new system. And I'm like, well, maybe if I get in there like now, somebody yeah. might need something. So I, I learned everything I could about pet battles to start with those guides just for like an in, which now I think probably wasn't like that necessary. I think that there is room um, as much as you might think that streaming or YouTube is saturated. There is always room for a new voice if it's unique enough. Mm -hmm. But that was that was kind of the thinking was that there might be like an opening. And I also really enjoyed pet battles. I was already way into collecting pets. Yes. So I I yes. Try. Oh, you yes. pet battle people. I know, okay. I can respect you, the <laughs> battle people, okay? I can respect y'all. I get the passion. Hey, I get hey, the... Man, we grew up with Pokemon. What do you want? I get it. I get it. All right. Mm -hmm. I get it. But when was the point, Hazel, that you kind of like understood or you, you took the decision like, all right, this seems to be to be working for me. Um, I can definitely make this now 100% of my career. Because you said at the beginning you didn't really envision it, but then there must have been a point in this journey. It's like, all right, this is it. I'm doing this now. I mean, I remember when I first got 40 subscribers and that seemed so much bigger than 39. And I was like, wow, I've, I've done something now. I was very excited about 40. Um, I, I don't know if I really had that moment of I'm really committing to this because my situation was a little bit different. I when I first started, I was in the United States, but I'm from Canada. I was visiting my boyfriend at the time for like six months or so to see if we could live with each other and and still be in love. Yeah. And I um, so I needed something to do because he had a job. He was working and I was just at, in the house all day and I cleaned everything on the second day. And then on the third day, I was like, well, now I'm done. So I needed something to keep me busy, but I didn't have a work visa. I had a visitor visa, so I couldn't do anything that was like a job. So I figured what would be clever is if I started this YouTube channel that I've been like thinking about for a really long time, but I didn't monetize it. So it's not technically a job yeah. yet. And, uh, and then just kind of spend my time on that to have a project to work on. And I did that for a while. And then a couple of years went by like that. I went back to Canada and then I came back down. And again, when I came, when I came to the States the second time, it was probably almost a year gap before I got my work visa. So I, the first couple of years of my YouTube channel were not monetized so that I wasn't violating the terms of my visa. Yeah. And when I finally got my, when my work approval finally came through, I, um, I turned on monetization and I was making a little bit of money, but I wasn't making a whole career's worth yet. But <laughs> it, it still, um, it seemed a little easy. Like we didn't, we'd already been living together with me not bringing in income for a few months. So it seemed like we could maybe continue giving me more time to try it, especially because, and this is going to sound really precious and it's just silly, but my dog, <laughs> our right. dog has the worst anxiety you've ever seen in your life. You cannot leave this dog alone. He will scream until you get evicted. Really? Um, he's a wonderful dog, but you just can't leave him alone. Oh. So if I had gotten, a, because I was home all the time, 
I was able to actually dog sit him and have him, you know, not get us evicted. And if I had gone to go get like an entry level job somewhere, we would have had to pay for dog daycare, which would have been about as much as you would be making in minimum wage somewhere. So it seemed (laughs) kind of easier for me to just like stay home and well, let's just give YouTube another couple months and let's just give it another couple months. And I I just kind of procrastinated the decision to go get a real job for so long that eventually YouTube turned into something I could actually do. And now I can, now I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's nice. Look at where that that dog got you, Hazel. Yeah, I owe that dog a lot. He's (laughs) a good boy. Well, I know know a lot of dogs suffer from from the the anxiety thing. And some of them have have more pronounced, some of them not really. But at the end of the day, I think it's a very interesting cocktail of events and things that led led you up to, to the point but I um I think you mentioned the 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 40, 40 subscribers thingy, and I know looking to your past videos, I was looking at the hundred subscriber celebration, and you you phrased like it was the the coolest phrase because like she, uh, Hazel was so happy <laughs> having a hundred subscribers, and she said something like, "Wow, I have hundred subscribers. This is more people than I know." <laughs> yeah, it was so good, man. So good. Yeah, it's. I think I, I knew about a dozen people. Yeah. And I was just imagining like a classroom because it's like 30 people's a classroom. That's like three classrooms full of people. How many <laughs> people are know 100 people though? That's, that, no, that, that's yeah. measuring. Well, if you think about it, man, people in the corporate world, you know, and then stuff like that, they, you, you get to know 100 people. But I think, you know, what's important here, man, is like, I don't think everybody who gets into content creation really understands how much you 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 treasure people getting on board to your channel. like. Of course, when you get to a certain amount, you don't see that maybe, or you, you believe ah that that guy really doesn't care. But actually, when you see fifty subscribers, there you have, in your mind goes you have this process like these people chose to to click that thing and watch me all the time doing stuff. It's an amazing feeling. So you yes. have to celebrate that. I used to keep my iPad right next to my bed. And when I was early in my channel, every morning I would wake up and I would go check my subscriber count and then it would be <laughs> up by like one. And I'd be like, oh yeah. And I'd be like yes, imagining yes. who it was. <laughs> yeah, well, was I mean, it, most of us are, are, are guilty for that for sure. All right, so it, it wasn't a, a conscious decision, but basically um, the dog <laughs> could not be left alone. So you had to carry on doing the YouTubes. But you did start also streaming quite a while back as well it's, it's not you didn't like oh i started streaming a year ago no uh, was that like did, did that came like um together with the, doing the youtube thing or how how did that decision making go into your um i didn't yeah i didn't start quite at the same time because um for a while when i was back in canada my internet couldn't support it right but I don't really know why I started streaming, to be honest with you. I think it's because everybody else did. That's the best uh, It was way a long it. time ago. Yeah, I started on Twitch and then I spent some time on YouTube and then I went back to Twitch last year. But I, I, I don't know if I ever had like a goal or anything. It just seemed like it sort of dovetailed nicely with YouTube as because YouTube was so edited and so short. Yeah. Most of my videos are under 10 minutes. And I because I had started in Let's Play, I had sort of built this ability to just create dialogue about nothing just talk about absolutely nothing and just you know spit (laughs) words out 
endlessly basically nothing terribly important or funny but you you learn you learn how to just like generate words uh, when you're recording <laughs> let's play videos by yourself and i'm like well that's that's what streaming is right you just play the game and you just talk forever i can do that so i figured i would try it yeah um and then i just kind of i just kind of kept doing it and i i couldn't really tell you why i kept doing it at the start because early it was really hard now streaming i think does as much for me as it does for anybody watching it because it's just such a regular nice thing i can look forward to and there's always people you know there to like chat and hang out with me but early on when there's nobody watching and then you uh, you see one person come in and just like throw abuse at you and leave i don't really know why i stuck with it back then well you must have liked it wasn't some good part of it so, I must have I must have been having more fun than I remember, <laughs> at least with the early stuff. I, I, I can recall uh, when 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 we had like five viewers and then six viewers, <gasps> yeah. and then it dropped to like four, and I was like, oh uh, my god, the crushing yeah, sadness. That thing where it, like, what did I say? What did I do? Because these people yeah. left right now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's it can be crushing, I guess. But I don't know. Um, I guess. For most of most of the the the, the guy the people who go into YouTube and then go on to to streaming, it's this sense of more I don't know direct approach because I don't know you live with this thing you know you do YouTube videos you get comments and you reply to them you have some sort of conversation there but on Twitch you have this feeling that you you kind of have a, a direct and more live conversation with the same people and it's not always the same people well, they're regulars yeah but they're regulars. And I don't know, I, I feel like you get um, a stronger sense of community uh, when streaming, much more than, than, than doing YouTube uh, within the comments. But that's interesting. You, you streamed on YouTube a lot, and then you decided to switch to Twitch. Can you expand on that, Hazel? Why did that decision be? <laughs> well, so I started on Twitch for a while, and then I took a break. And when I came back, I decided to come back on YouTube. Because when I left Twitch for the first time, I was running maybe... I had, over the course of like two or three years, worked up from fresh streams to like maybe 20 or 30 viewers, I think. Right. And a lot of that was probably down to YouTube. I don't think I would have gotten anywhere on Twitch if I didn't also have YouTube. But when the first day that I fired up a YouTube stream a couple months later just to try it out, I had 100 people in there. And I'd never had that all by myself before without a host. Yep, yep. Um, and I found that YouTube streaming just had more viewers. And that was like really kind of intoxicating to be able to turn it on and have you know, three digits of people there just just because because YouTube would um, serve up the stream in the sidebar. And because my presence was on YouTube anyways, I had a much easier time getting viewers. So and it was also like really easy to just keep the VODs on my channel. And um, and there wasn't a whole lot of competition in the YouTube gaming category at the time because nobody knew about YouTube gaming. But like the one person that wandered through there, you'd be right at the top of it because there was nobody really oh, yeah, in there yeah, yeah. Was the um, at, at the time. Yeah. So I, I went to YouTube because the, the viewer numbers were bigger and because it was more convenient for me. And also because um, I was not a Twitch partner when I left, so I didn't have transcoding. And YouTube would give transcoding to anybody. And I really wanted to have high res streams. I've always been, I've always just kind of wanted the, the fidelity to be good. I, I, like, I like putting out 4K videos. I like having high frame rate. Um, I wanted my streams to be 1080p, 60 FPS. And Twitch wouldn't, I could do that to Twitch, but it wouldn't downscale it for people that needed it unless they just had some extra server space whereas youtube would do that for me so that's why i went to youtube and then eventually after about a year or so on youtube i switched back to twitch or at least i tried both for a while to figure out what twitch was like because people just kept asking me 
right. endlessly. And it turns out if you ask me something 250 times, eventually I'm going to try it just to humor you. <laughs> because it just, oh, we, we I got that. worn down, basically. <laughs> Um, and then when I, I tried both for a while and what I found was that stream, like I would stream on YouTube two days and Twitch three days. I found that the viewers were still higher on YouTube, but, yeah. um, to be quite frank, I made more money on Twitch because once That's I got affiliate, yeah. um, Twitch prime is insane compared to anything that YouTube has. And if I could make more money for the same amount of time and get my audience to find me on Twitch, then it just seemed to make sense. Of course. That, yeah. um, I mean, that, that's something we kind of. Uh, we got sort of to the same conclusion. Isn't it the same thing? You stream on YouTube, it's almost a guarantee you have more viewers because just because of the push. You, your content is already there, your videos and such. And if you decide to go live, most of the people that get your videos recommended get your stream recommended too, right? So it's easier to get yeah. the, the traffic going on. But in terms of making it, you know, sustainable, yeah. Uh, Twitch, uh, Twitch is a much better, much better place to be at. So no, there were speculations that YouTube would uh, would overtake it, but mm, I well, remain unconvinced. But it is interesting because you started with uh, with YouTube videos, and um, I don't know how many people understand uh, that because a lot of content creators do either really heavy YouTube edited videos and then stream on the side or stream mainly and use stream highlights to make YouTube videos. Like there's all sorts of uh, content creators that do this uh, differently. Um, but it's different because YouTube, you kind of put your heart and soul into create something, whether it's scripted or edited or heavy or not. It's something that you invest your energy, your time, your thoughts into it. And it grows and, and you feel like so amazing when people watch is so great and the feedback is really nice. You read the comments, you respond to how many you can respond to. And um, while Twitch, on the other hand, kind of connects you like Marcia said, connects you more directly with your community you get. You actually are in a conversation with people. You get your feedback instantly, yeah. and they're kind of with you while you play in a in a weird way. So there's that weird sense of bonding. Because I felt this whenever we stopped streaming. I was like, man, I kind of miss those guys, and it's yeah, and it's, and it's, it's, weird, it's definitely right? a different satisfaction. So with all of these aside, like, what what do you f like more? What do you find more enjoyable or get most out of in terms of you know, I guess good feeling, I suppose. YouTube or Twitch? Twitch or YouTube, yeah. Good. That's hard. Um, I think if I had to pick just one, if I had to pick just one, I would keep YouTube because I YouTube is the platform that I like more as a viewer. I like that it's sort of like shorter form and I like that it's on demand and that I don't have to worry about feeling late or you know not catching it live and then having it be different just watching a VOD. Um, so I because I prefer following people on YouTube, that's the platform I would probably stick with. And it's also, it's a little, I'm, I'm a bit shy, I guess. I, I kind of like just sort of like turning all the lights off and hiding yeah. in the lar largest sweater ever and just editing for a while. Um, I like kind of doing the gremlin thing. So YouTube is sort of safer in that way in that, well, you can read comments and reply to them. I've kind of, I've, I gave up on that quite a while ago. Um, I, I use Twitch for that because it's just a little um, more actively moderated, yeah. I guess. So yeah. it's a little nicer on the nicer on the sensitive feelings. Oh, oh we know but that. <laughs> on the other hand, with Twitch, Twitch kind of feels like the Instagram stories versus YouTube Instagram post, if that makes any sense. Like on Twitch, because it's so, I don't want to say low effort, but because it's so easy to just do something and nobody's expecting it to be like super highly edited or super produced. Yeah. You can just have an idea or try something kind of wacky and just do it. And then if, it, if it's fun, then that's great. And if it's not, you do something else, then nobody's the worst for it. Whereas with YouTube, if you have like a weird idea 
and you want to do it and you're looking at like, well, I can try this thing, but it's going to be like an extra six hours of editing and there's going to be a couple of days on this. And then you got to do the thumbnail and everything. You've got like an actual investment that makes yep. you kind of like second side eye your ideas and be like, well, this is funny, but is it worth spending three days of my work week <laughs> on? Whereas on Twitch, you can just kind of do whatever and it's a little lower pressure. Um, so I feel like they complement each other really well because you can create a quantity of content without having to work too hard by just using Twitch. I find that Twitch isn't, I don't usually stress about streaming the same way that a YouTube video might stress me out. Um, oh, yes. But yeah, YouTube is, I, I think that YouTube is probably where I provide most of the value to viewers. And that's the one I would keep if I had to choose, I think. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's, I think we're kind of in the same boat, more or less. It's still, YouTube is still the primary driver of, you know, our our craft right because that's the thing on youtube you basically craft stuff on twitch you just go freestyle organic natural it you know both sides of the spectrum are nice and you know they give they give different sense of rewarding or whatever but um um i i remember while exchanging emails uh hazel that uh uh you mentioned something about you know making guides um, and I, I was really curious, but I thought it was maybe a, a good a good um, topic for the podcast. Can you can you tell us what is how how is a, a normal workday when you're prepping for guides and stuff like that, or how is a, a normal workflow? How how do you put them all together? If you can share, of course. It depends on what kind of guide it is and what the deadline is on it. I, I work in different ways depending on how urgent it is. <laughs> on like a normal a normal week, like this week was a good example. Um, we're kind of past like the initial patch stuff and I have a little more freedom of choosing what kind of videos I want to do now. Um, I have a set schedule. I stream at certain times. Um, I, I, I tend to keep my work kind of like nine to five if I can. I try to keep a remarkably st stable schedule. So I'll have a sure. couple hours in the afternoon, an hour in the morning, um, sit down, cup of tea. Uh, turn on some jazz music and then just kind of like <gasps> and work through it um for as far as workflow goes for most guides these days i prefer to not fully script them i used to but i fall into a very hard case of presenter voice if i'm fully scripting and fully scripting also will make a very short video which is good if you want that yeah. but um sometimes it, it's a little too much people will say they're overwhelmed by too many info points too quickly yeah. so um, instead, what I do is I will do my research and I'll record a lot of my footage and I'll make a bunch of notes about things that I want to talk about. And then I'll record the, um, the voiceover by just talking over those notes. And I do the news videos the same way. I have like bullet points that I want to cover, but I come up with the sentences in the fly. So they sound a little bit more natural. Yeah. Um, and then I'll edit the voiceover together, come up with a shot list, record all the footage, slap it all together, slap some titles on it and call it a day. And that's usually within like a regular workday and that's all fine. Um, often if I've gotten distracted during the day, which is quite normal, I think um, yeah. I cannot conquer the after lunch slump for the life of me, like between <laughs> right around now, actually between like one and three, I'm useless. So if I end my day and I've gotten very little done by the end of the day, then I'll, I'll work a couple more hours after dinner just to get something done. But during raid guide season, because I, I have to get the guides done before and up before the raid comes out and that's a deadline and i don't have very many of those and i'm not very good with them so no matter how carefully i craft out my plan and my timeline and 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 create lots of time for every last little thing and you know without fail i am always rushing at the very end of it and i think nathria was the first time in a long time that i haven't had to pull an all-nighter to get them done at the very end <laughs> but usually i'll have like a week or so where i'm just working all like 
I'll still sleep. I'm very defensive about sleep if I can, and I still eat, but then I won't do anything else. I'll just, you know, you work before breakfast and then breakfast to lunch and then lunch to dinner and then dinner <laughs> to bed. You go to bed, you do it again just to get those done on time. Um, and I'm more effective like that than I think I am during like a so-called balanced day because there's lots of like little things that like eat up space in the balanced day. You know, yeah. you're, 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 you're fixing things because you work from home. I'm always cleaning I can't pass a dusty surface without fixing it. And it just ruins me all the time. But like if I'm if I know I've got a deadline and I know I'm gonna be up until one in the morning finishing this thing, then I just kind of ignore the dust and I I, I tunnel into it and I crank it out. But I only do that a couple times a year. It burns me out pretty good. You just you just just go with the flow. It's like if you if, if you know you got it, you know, you go with the train and the train may never stop until the project is done. I mean, I think we can relate. Um and this is this is why why we really wanted you to be uh, to be on the podcast because in a lot of ways our content is sort of similar. We kind of drop the news thing, but when it comes to guides, we can always I won't say respect more, but we can definitely appreciate more. You know, a content creator that takes his time and puts in the effort and the, the passion and the craft to deliver guides on time, on point, proper information, proper editing, and proper delivery. I mean, people don't really know how much work goes. <laughs> goes back into that and you just describe so it's really cool that you, you actually try to stick with a schedule of course it doesn't always work out you know it doesn't we also do that with the schedule sometimes it works out most of the times it works out but things sometimes appear you know like you uh, i don't know sometimes adobe premiere just wouldn't collaborate that day it would keep on crashing you know you would sit on three hours rendering a video and it will crash at 95 percent assets missing you know all of that jazz but you know at the end of the day once you get it done it's you know it's a labor of love and uh i get i mean you you mentioned the thing about the comments you you said you, you dropped it a while back and i can totally understand that you know being this public and having this amount of exposure let's say even within a niche like wow can attract some interesting people, <laughs> I would say, in, the, in the comment section that's, that's very nicely put man like <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but but again, it's something uh, I think we'll be all love here. Now, uh, Hazel, um, it, it's been you know it's interesting to see how where, where you started from and where you're at now. Basically, um, the journey is always interesting. But uh, I'm curious, like during this whole eight year time, um, did you ever had like a, a moment where you? you wanted to give up or was it something like, oh man, I cannot do this anymore. I, you know, I cannot take it anymore. I, I need to do something else. Did you have anything like that, a sort of a doubt moment or I don't know, a, a low point? Um, I get low points fairly regularly, but I don't think I've ever seriously contemplated quitting because I don't know what else I would do. <laughs> I think part of <laughs> what put me into YouTube was my anxiety about doing anything else um i'm very afraid of the world i think and youtube is a great way for me to just stay inside and do my own thing and not have to interface with other people too much so i don't think i ever really thought of quitting occasionally i will um get frustrated or fed up with like one aspect of what i'm doing like maybe i'm doing a video series or like a certain type of stream or if there's something that's just really turning into a real slog that i don't think is worth it anymore then i'll reevaluate and i might kind of you know you know end a series or start something new or just try something different but i don't think i ever thought about i haven't i haven't seriously considered getting completely out of content creation yet because i don't have a better idea <laughs> Fair um, enough. and i i can't i can't really think of one i think that i i feel like i've sort of won the lottery 
And I think it would be very dumb of me to give up a job where I have so much creative control, where if I start to feel trapped or if I start to feel burnt out, I am the boss. So I get to decide what I make. And if something's not doing it for me, then it's completely up to me to decide what's going to be more fulfilling. And I can make those decisions and calls for myself. Whereas if I quit this and I went to go work for somebody else and I start feeling the same way, I don't have that option. So mm-hmm. I think that I, I'd rather change anything I need to about my content to make it work for me before I walked away from it altogether. Very true. But what about one of the highest points? I mean, did you have any any moment of like, oh man, this is so cool or some some sort of, yes, yes, I made it. Oh my God, this is so good. Like no low points or no contemplating, of course, it's totally understandable. What about like a, a moment where you said, man, this is all worth it. This was so cool, so impacting. Well, aside from getting 40 subs, <laughs> after that. That's the real milestone. The first time, let's see, I remember every time that I've like ever talked to Blizzard. (laughs) And I understand they're just a company and I know that now and it's not, I don't idolize it quite the same way that I used to, but um, like the first time I got to visit Blizzard, the first time they flew me down for a media event was just the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. When I first found out I was going to get to do that, I was so excited that um to be able to go in the first like i'd never been to california and to be able to tour the headquarters and to be able to meet developers which was almost more scary the first time i went there i went to interview a developer was to go interview jeremy fiesel um about i think it was like a legion patch and uh it was so scary but it was just so exciting and validating to be like, wow, I've done enough that, that I'm on I'm on the list. I'm on the good list. Yeah, exactly. I, they've the recognized what I've done and they're they're interested enough in my audience to, you know, extend invitations to me to show me things early and to find out what I think about them so that, that so that I guess I like them enough to keep talking up their product to my audience. But um, <laughs> the first time I ever the, the like ever every time I've ever interfaced with them on events and stuff is always just so, so exciting and validating. Um, and the very first time I got one of those emails, I'm pretty sure I ran around the house doing laps um, <laughs> as lightly as you can in an apartment anyways, but I was real excited. That sounds that's, pretty cool. It's, it's, it's basically the same as, same as us. Like the first time we, we got the email, like con- confirmation, because for us, it was a little bit different because I used to spam all the emails I could find on the internet regarding Blizzard. I was, you want that validation, right? Because you've seen others, right? And... You know, it's it's part of the, the whole circle, I would guess, of WoW content creation. At some point, if, you know, you can do something in collaboration with them or anything and on that level, it's a really, really strong validation moment, right? But, uh, it, like, the moment we got a reply, <laughs> it was like, yes, yes, look at this, look at this, we did it, it's so good. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, yeah, it was definitely a big moment for us and... One that actually we wish we had was uh, this year's BlizzCon, and that's oh, that actually man. leads me to something that I'm really curious about, because BlizzCon is one of our uh, dreams. Clearly, it's uh, it's a little bit hard to go to uh, yeah. to BlizzCon from uh, from the, the side of the world, from the butt crack of the world. <laughs> but um, um, do you have like um, like a favorite uh, memory either with either at BlizzCon or either meeting uh, anybody in the community? Something that made you feel like oh my god i'm part of something really cool or oh shit this this like like i don't know one of those moments when you realize like you're part of something like bigger. so much so much bigger yeah. and so cool and everybody's like tuning in it's like people know me and stuff like that um so i've done blizzcon twice i did 2018 and 2019 i 
I I had different moments where I would meet like developers. I have this very vivid memory of at 2018 hiding from Ian oh, really? um, behind a pillar. I so <laughs> I had I was talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody that I that had wanted to meet me. And they mentioned that they had just chatted with Ian and I'd be like, oh, no, I'd be too scared to do that. And they're like, no, you're going to. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I like ran away because <laughs> he was going to try to find Ian to bring him to talk to me. And I didn't want to because I was scared and I didn't have anything to say. So I remember I hid behind a pillar, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, in 2018, just you were, to you, avoid. You were basically LOSing Ian as a coaster. <laughs> I, I LOSed Ian. I didn't want to get dragged into that. I wasn't ready. Um, but all of my all of my favorite memories are of and I'm not kidding, waiting in line, BlizzCon lines what? for merchandise, for um, food, for getting in, for anything are fantastic because they take so long, <laughs> especially last year. Last year with the extra security, the lines took hours to get through. So you've got like a couple people in front of you. You've got a couple people behind you. You are going to be standing with those people for an hour at least. Um, my right. merch line, I think, on the very first day, I was there for like three hours or so wow. with the same group of people. And when you're in line with random people, but they're all Blizzard fans, you figure out pretty quickly what you have in common, what you can talk about. And you like make friends in the lines as you're waiting for stuff. And you may never oh, see those so people cool. again. But there's nowhere else in the world that I feel like I can do that. Just like, you know, you can make small talk with anybody, but to actually like you know get a yeah. conversation going and hang out with people and find out why they're there and the blizzcon crowd is so cool because there's so much cynicism about games online which is natural but it's also it kind of leads to this sort of like expectation that everybody is kind of looking at it crazy critically and we're all just waiting for blizzard to mess up and everything's just very angry yeah. online and then at blizzcon you get kind of the opposite bubble where people that are there for the most part have paid a lot of money and done a lot of time to travel and to get tickets and to get, you know, accommodations. Yeah. These are people that are really, really into the Blizzard stuff. And they're just so excited to be there and to meet everybody and to see the presentations, and to talk about what's been announced. And there's something so cool about getting just hang out in a huge crowd of people that you didn't know before, but they're as big of a fan of you as you are of the thing that you came there to see and to be able to bond with people like that. It just feels like going home. And I really missed that this year. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the crowds were always more fun than the um, the parties. I went <laughs> there's a there's always like a there's usually different parties where different like companies will put on and then they invite you to just kind of like schmooze and hand out business cards. And uh, those are always a mistake. I don't, I'm going to skip that next time if I get invited. <laughs> it's never it's it's never a good time. You want you want to go to the hotel lobbies and just like find somebody and chat about their rating character. Right. That's the right. move. I know, I know. There's, there's, um, there's parties like hosted by uh, Wowhead and uh, um, what was the the, the Wowhead party is a good time. Yeah, the, come before the storm. They merged the last storm, year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they the, did. They did one big one. Those are good. All right, all right. So you know, it's good advice, man. You know, maybe I'm running, running it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> take notes. Awesome. I mean, it's it, it's definitely uh, most. I think we can speak for the majority of you know the Wow community at some point it's a dream for the most of us to get to BlizzCon, you know, and, you know, chat it out and geek it out, you know, with, with like-minded people and, you know, also be part of the, the, the whole, you know, presentation and spectacle. I mean, I, you know, the social element is really cool, especially when you're waiting three hours in line. Well, man, man, would, would, would I have loved to be there to watch live, you know, the, the, the Shadowlands cinematic, you know, or the, you know, the, the BFA cinematic, you know, I mean, I can, you, you can, 
you you see it on you know on, on on online or you know on reactions and stuff and you can just feel that energy right like people are just like oh my god the hype is so like you can almost feel it ah uh, one day one day and that's that's something yeah. we should uh, we should definitely strive for all right now i kind of get now where you're coming from hazel um let me ask you this so you have this sort of a structured way of working out your content you work by the schedule you know you have your most content creators have their you know periods in time on new patch launches you know something like that blizzcon is and now we get news from that all of that let me ask you this have you ever thought about what are you going to do in 10 years from now do you have like plans on developing going outside a little bit of the wow sphere or something like that is there anything happening in that front um so 10 years from now is kind of a scary thought especially when <laughs> you're on the internet but i mean i'll cross that bridge when i get there i would like and i've been saying this for a long time which is making me skeptical that i'm ever going to do it i would like to expand a little bit beyond just wow videos to also cover more meta streaming and content creation um people ask me fairly often about like how do i edit audio or you know how do i set up my streaming software how do you choose a camera and there's like a million things around that that i remember when i was looking to set up all of my stuff there were some good resources and there were some terrible resources and there was a lot of guessing especially yeah. when it comes to setting up just all the stuff and it doesn't want to work and like you look you pick up tips over time so i've always kind of wanted to set up like a second little section of just like more sort of tech and 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 meta content creator sort of tutorials and and startup stuff so cool. um, because there's lots of people that are looking to get into it and that's something that i feel like i'm fairly well set up to do yeah. i have a couple i have a couple of like mic reviews and camera videos on my channel and i would like to do more but i make them approximately every other year so i need to step that up <laughs> if i'm gonna get any done i think there's definitely it's hard when there's always wow videos to do there's always wow oh, videos yeah. to do oh, yeah. that's the the main thing when when you want to do something uh that is a little bit out of the spectrum right because there's so much so much stuff happening and now the time right now is like uh, the, the raid is out you know blisk online is like right around the corner that's gonna mess up a whole lot of things and you know put up you know more things on the schedule but i think judging by the quality of your videos your you know your coloring your sound and everything you'd be like one of the the more fit people to do something like this and i really truly believe people are interested in, in starting especially during this whole quarantine time um mm -hmm. people more people want to start doing this thing and that's definitely one important aspect especially the audio i mean, I mean everything is like top notch but man is your audio fantastic all the goddamn time I mean, I'm jealous. I gotta say, as an audio maniac myself, I'm like, man, Hazel stand sounds so good. Man, I don't know what you're doing over there. It's a good microphone. <laughs> I like this thing. It's very nice, very nice. But um, I'm I'm just gonna bounce off of that, Hazel, and ask you this: like, if if you if you were to like give a couple of uh, you know tips or advice to people thinking about starting YouTube. What would you say to them? What would be like, you know, a couple of uh, ideas or, I don't know, things, you know, best practices for people starting out now trying to do some YouTube? Yeah. So there's a lot of different advice that'll get thrown around and some of it you're going to hear all the time. And the ones that keep coming up are usually the good ones. So um, yeah. advice like upload regularly is very, very important. The thing is, a lot of the information that you're going to get from established YouTubers is going, they kind of forgot what it was like to start. And a lot like uploading regularly isn't going to do you any good 
when nobody's seen them in the first place. Like your first struggle as a brand new YouTuber is is making decent videos that you're ready for people to watch. And that doesn't happen right away. At least it didn't for me. I had to make yeah. a lot of videos that I thought were awful and that I I still don't like the videos I make now, but I had to kind of learn the ropes and you kind of learn by doing. So the first piece of advice is to start before you think you're ready and put stuff out, even if you think it's trash. And if you think it's awful, then make the next one 1% better. Um, the second piece of advice kind of contradicts the first one and is that before you start, do your homework on data privacy because it is much easier to prevent doxing than it is to fix it after it's happened. So before you even get started and you're considering like your branding and your name and are you going to use a camera and what are you going to tell people about yourself? Um, see, like if your username is attached to other usernames, if you're sharing passwords or anything like that, do some research on like basic data security, because if you are putting yourself publicly online, you are opening yourself up to risks that you may not fully understand. And the best thing you can do is be as careful with your personal information as you can. Um, and that's easier to do from the start. So things like social media profiles that use a similar name or that could be traced back to you, any information that's on those, just double check all your privacy settings. Um, I recommend that people come up with a completely new handle if you can. Just don't connect it to anything that you've done before and set up new social medias for each thing because um, you don't you don't want to have to fix a problem <laughs> on that end. You want to prevent them before they start. And the very beginning is the best time to do that. Yep. But yeah, once you're once you're good to go, just make things before you think you're ready. Um, keep keep working on making them a little bit better. And then just don't be afraid to try new things. Everybody's going to have advice for you, but there's a million different ways to be successful. And the things that you see the top people doing won't necessarily work for you. You might need to come up with something on your own, or you might need to start in one segment and then switch to another one as you get bigger. A lot of people will look at like the very most popular gaming YouTubers. They'll look at like the Minecrafters going on. They'll look at offline TV people and they'll see, hey, a lot of this content is personality based. I'm funny and charming. I'm going to make a, a vlog of a walking my dog and they'll do that. And that's great practice. And it's cute. Don't do that. Actually, people will find out where you live. But um, <laughs> it's, nobody knows you yet. Nobody knows you yet. And th this is also a problem with people starting streams is if the con if the value of the content is people spending time with your personality and they don't know you yet, they have no reason to assign any value to that. So save like you can do those things eventually, but save them until people are a little more familiar with you. And early on, the thing that worked for me was focusing on finding content that people needed, whether they knew me or not, which is where guides and tutorials are awesome, is because you can yep. get those ranked in search. If you look up some search engine optimization, do your research on SEO and figure out how to get your videos ranked for the search terms that you think people are looking for and then make them relevant and helpful to the people looking for them. And then people can kind of get familiar with you while you're giving them something they were looking for. And then they might come back to you for something else that's more personality driven. But don't uh, don't don't just assume that everybody's going just because like no matter how funny you are people got to get to know you first so give people a reason to get to know you before you jump into the deep end well, well we know that man there's so many so many parallels we can this draw is, this is so fucking on point i know it's unbelievable how articulate this was I, you know nobody could have said it better it's perfect and honestly i never thought about the the part about the privacy and you know the the data security and all of that that's something I literally never heard anybody talk about. And it's so important. Oh my God. Especially when you when you grow a little bit bigger, like you get to a point and you get more public and more public. Oh my God. That that can become a big, big problem if you don't take care of it properly. So Jesus. Yeah. On point. And even if you're not even if you're not worried about your own privacy and you're like, well, I don't care if people know who I am or where I live. 
If they can find out who you are and where they live, they can find your parents, they can find your family, they can harass them if they want to, and you don't necessarily need to have done anything wrong. I don't mean to terrify people. It's just something <laughs> no, no, that's no, no, no. worth thinking reality. about before you get into trouble. No, no, no. Um, it's, it's good reality check, so yeah. Hazel. So definitely people need to know about this, this stuff. 100%. And I love the I love how how you wrapped it up in in the sense that, you know, obviously right now YouTube on the long term, long term prefers the personality entertainment uh driven content. But one and I think we talked about this in previous podcasts, one trick I would say, not necessarily a trick, but something that actually works and Hazel mentioned it too. It's like, hey man, you can you can start researching how to do proper SEO, right? Rank up on keywords and you know become sort of this utility type channel, like with guides and stuff like that, and then you know grow off you know off of that, which is beautiful. It's basically what we did, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> kind kind of kind of the same story, but it works. That's the thing. The thing with that is. At the beginning, for a very long time, people will just be passengers. They won't be necessarily like, you know, um, recurrent coming to your channel. You'll just be like, okay, I need this stuff. I got what I needed from you. See you. Bye. There's not that immediate sense of connection and community when you do a lot of guides, a lot of utility stuff. But as soon as you, you know, do it and start introducing a little bit more of your charming personality or whatever... Then it will start to, to pop off and then, you know, things can develop like into a stream or other mm. type of content and stuff. It's beautiful, beautiful. And I love the how perfect, perfectly uh, uh, stated and articulated. I hope people get, get, uh, get value out of this because it's really important. I mean, if you won't believe Hazel, which you can say is an established YouTuber and streamer uh, in the WoW section. I mean, who else? Come on. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of on, on point things. And I was actually surprised how in-depth you went with all the technical stuff. Cause oh, yeah, respect. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we ever had anybody that went that on point. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody knows about, you know, search engine optimization and how to rank videos and how to do a little bit of research. Like, what actually would, uh, you know, get the video pumped a little bit more? What's actually popular right now? Are they looking for, for class guys? Are they looking for raid guys? Do they look for pet guys? Because we've tried... We've tried a lot of stuff before oh, yeah. we kind of settled into class guys. We've tried a lot of things, a lot of things to see why they worked. Because we also were like, "Hey, man, we're pretty funny. We work quirky. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. hella cringy. How about, like, how about people, us? Yeah, people, people should yeah. just come for the pure entertainment, right? But they're just nah. not. That's, that's just not how the platform works. So it, you no. kind of have to start with. Um, well, we started with utility, and it worked out for us as well when we actually wanted to do a little bit more. And uh, I'm, I'm saying all of this because I, I did want to ask you something uh, specific, but it kind of turned into you talking a lot about the um, um, the alternative to WoW where you would uh, uh, talk about, about, you know, editing and audio... Uh, and equipment and stuff. Uh, yeah, and, and everything like that. Because I was about to ask, like, do you, do you pl did you plan on anything besides WoW? Because depends on how BFA hits you and how Worlds of the Drenner hits you. There were points, low enough points, where most people would have went... Man, what if WoW tanks? What am I gonna do then? Right? <laughs> and Fortnite uh, sounds pretty good right about now. <laughs> yeah, the Fortnite was probably on the on top on, on the top of a lot of people's list. But and I know you mentioned um, going into a little bit more technical with the, like guides on how to set up a proper video and how to edit and all of that. But did you ever think about maybe a different game or do you even have uh, other games that you play maybe off stream or something that you know you really used to play? Into? Don't starve. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So early on, I did want to do variety content. That was my original, original plan is I wanted to just play different games as kind of was like the YouTube thing. A lot of the popular games YouTubers at the time were yep. just kind of jumping between games. And that was my original plan. I did later. So I don't know if I ever really doubted that I would stick with WoW. Um, I'm one of those people that just always likes WoW. I liked Warlords of Draenor. I liked BFA. I've had a great time the whole time. I'm just really easy to please, I guess. I'm not that picky about how it is as long as I get to play. Sure. So um, I never really thought strongly about quitting WoW videos, but I did. I do play other games off stream. I play Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Um, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. And back when Animal Crossing New Horizons came out, I made one video about it. I did one video of Animal Crossing tips because I had some and I figured some of my audience might play and it probably wouldn't do as well because it's not a wow video, but it, I would just throw it out there. And that is my most watched video. I made oh one Animal God. Crossing video and it is by far way, way, way bigger than anything else I've ever done in my life. How, how so the fuck? That, that kind of made me think, man, am I in the wrong boat? Oh, Should that's... I be doing something different with my life? Um, so I'm that's, that's... I'm not against transitioning to other games. I think if yeah. I ever got off of WoW, I would probably do my best to make content about the games that I'm personally enjoying because that's always going to be a better video than something that you're playing just for the views. Yeah, it's very true. Very um, true. But it's nice when the game that you're enjoying is also getting views. But that's, do you know what's baffling uh, to <laughs> me about that? Is that uh, like at least from my knowledge on how the YouTube algorithm works? Is basically you get your videos recommended to the people that kind of watch and have a, a, a certain pattern, pattern, and then you post a Animal Crossing video, which in theory gets pumped and promoted yep. to the same audience, right? And usually, and it did at first. The right. first two weeks of that video, it didn't do very well at all, and all right. the. The algorithm, that little natural language thing is like, man, your audience doesn't like this very much. I'm like, well, yeah, I figured. Yeah. But eventually the algorithm starts like testing it. Like it'll start, it'll try showing it a little bit to different audiences. And it must have just had a good enough click through rate. Yeah. That first time that they showed it to some, like when they found the Animal Crossing keywords, it must have just done enough there yeah, yeah, yeah. that it got carried into general Animal Crossing videos. Because it still to this day is getting me, it, like <laughs> it's always my top three for views for the month because it's just wow. cooking in there. <laughs> Wow, that's that's amazing. Well, it goes to show you learn something every day, Mr. Flame. Yeah, because uh, we, we had uh, little tangents with uh, God uh, of War and other stuff like that. It's like, they tanked yeah, so hard. Yeah. Oh my God, it's like, it's like hurt, hurting. But um, this is this is super cool, Hazel. And uh, actually, I got a lot of good value information on a lot of things. It's interesting, but I'm more curious. You, you seem... At the surface, at least, pretty organized. But how does a a off day look for for Hazelnut Games? How does like the one day disconnected from YouTube and, and, and games and stuff like that? How, what do you do to I don't know relax or unwind or something like that? I take every Monday off. Now that you mentioned it, I am kind of disgustingly organized, which is really funny because I'm not <laughs> naturally that way. I I do that. I I I organize. I like I I, I do the bullet journal thing and. Just because without it, I just I just devolve into goo. I just turn into an amoeba on the floor. Like I won't do anything if I haven't already planned it out. So my day off, my days off are Monday. Um, I take every Monday off, which is nice because if I need to go do any shopping or anything, it's quite quiet because it's a weekday. Um, every Monday, I will take some some self care time. I will wash and dry my hair, which takes longer than you would think. Um, I've started doing nail art. I've learned how to do like fun little. Let's see if I can get a focus on that. 
uh, little designs and flowers and stuff. Oh, so I've been, I did that yesterday because yesterday was Monday. Hello. Um, so spend a couple couple hours doing that. Play some, play some WoW, play some games. Um, off, maybe off go WoW. get some shopping done. But because it's just the one day, I find that if they all, they get pretty full. You know, you do a, a mythic keystone or so in the afternoon and then uh, it's over before you know it. I'm starting yeah. to appreciate the value of a two day weekend just to get all your chores done. <laughs> But like, yeah. like it's but yeah. like, do you? I don't know. Sometimes sit out and watch movies or Netflix or something like that, or read books or listen to podcasts. Is is, is things like this, you know, in your world or on a daily basis or on the, on the free days? I read every day um, between the hours of nine forty-five and. 10:30 or 11 or so at night. Um, I I read before bed. I have a iPad. Um, I do digital books on that in night mode, and then it's nice because I don't have to have a lamp on. I can just kind of read yeah. by dark. Um, I've been rereading the Game of Thrones series for like the 19th time, even though I know it's going to break my heart when I get to the end of it. And there's no next book. Oh, but that's what I'm, for I'm that. reading come right on, now. George, come on, bring this finish. I'm, it. I'm, I think I'm giving up, man. I think I just have don't, to imagine the end in my head. I cannot. I cannot um, give it up. Yeah, not so much movies. I have a hard time with movies. I have a short attention span. I find it difficult to sit and focus on one thing, and I tend to get bored with movies, so I don't go out. I usually will watch them while doing other things, like maybe if I'm doing my nails for a few hours, I'll put on a movie and kind of look back and forth between them, but I don't I don't watch a ton of TV or movies because I would rather play games. Like right now, it, <laughs> because I'm deep in an Animal Crossing, um, deep in an Animal Crossing hole right now, I'll play while I'm eating breakfast and I'll play again while I'm eating lunch. And sometimes I'll put it on in the afternoon and just sit on Discord with my friends and then listen to them do a dungeon or something like that while I'm busy uh, shooting down balloons in Animal Crossing. The <laughs> <laughs> <Did laughs> true gamer. <laughs> did you mm. did you have like, uh, have you ever read like uh, a book that really inspired you or something that really helped you out? I don't know, maybe in the field of, you know, content creation or something like that, or just being productive. Have you ever read all, you know, kind of those books? Yeah, I went on a big tear with self-help books. Um, I spent about two years where I, that was all I would read. I would read every day and I just, I, I constantly felt like I could be doing better and that if I would only read the right thing, then I would be the person I wanted to be. And I must just be missing that piece of advice, yep. which we all know is dumb. But, you know, I was convinced. So I, I read all of the all of the recommended, all of the classics, and most of them just kind of rephrase the same things yep. and restate the same studies. And if you believe in them, then you'll do great with them and you can do great with any of them. But the only self-help books that I actually found had solid research and were genuinely helpful okay, hold on, and I'll, were scientific me... and not like super, okay. you know, super crystals and I'm, I'm just opening uh, the believing yourself. Um, Cal Newport's books. He is a professor, I believe, at Georgetown University, and he has written a number of books about productivity and about... Um, about productivity and about your attention and how you direct it. And I really enjoyed those. There's Deep Work. His newest one is Digital Minimalism. I believe he's working on another one. And then um, another one was So Good You Can't, So Good They Can't Ignore You. But Cal Newport, Cal Newport. Um, is probably my favorite author in that space. I've read all of those a couple of times and they're very valuable. That's what I think got me mostly off of social media and off of consuming um, news sites and like digital media. Yeah. endlessly because i would get very addicted i would get very obsessive with um with consuming news and i think that and using digital tools and i think that reading his books kind of helped me evaluate things in a case-by-case -case basis to see okay so i'm i'm putting this energy in this time 
into this tool, what is it actually giving me and what would my life look like if I took it out of there? And I think that that writing has been very helpful for me. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I actually didn't heard about uh, Cal Newport up until now. So I am definitely curious. This is what it's all about, right? So we do these podcasts and, you know, at, at the surface, most people see the wow content creators like, oh, these are these guys and gals are doing this nonstop playing all the time and editing and stuff. And look what gems can come out of this. It's beautiful. Chill, chill talk and finding out some valuable information. Thank you for that, Hazel. I, I 100% appreciate it. We always, well, it's, it's always interesting to see what, uh, what kind of books people read uh, behind the scenes. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, we're playing a fantasy game, but where did fantasy kind of start from? And mm -hmm. Like most, most, uh, most fantasy games of now, all of them are kind of based on talking to a, to a, Tolkien to her, Tolkien. To her. Tolkien is the godfather of a lot of things <clears throat> we enjoy, I guess. So yeah, it's a. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, I wanted to ask you about the thing with the the reading and the, the stuff because man, you're so articulate. You have this like super crisp pronunciation of words, and it's it's so that has to come from some reading. And you said you, you took two years of self help books. I mean, oh my God. And I totally can relate. It's like you have, you always have this feeling of, man, I can improve. I know there's something I can do better. I just need to, to, to find it in the right book and the right advice and stuff. But yeah, mostly like a, a lot of like, I, I sort of came to the same conclusion. A lot of the, the classic or more popular self-help books kind of like the same sort of ideas and material refurbished, retell in different scope, but it's basically the essence is the same. And you, you said something really, really powerful. Listen, any book you get recommended, any podcast or whatever, it only works if you truly believe in it. Like if you just read it because you heard somebody say, oh my God, this book changed my life. It's so good. It ain't going to work. You have to believe in it. It's, it's so simple. Yep. It's so yep. cool. All right. There's no book that's going to get you out of doing the work, unfortunately. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, you better put in that goddamn grind. Uh, but there's, there's so many ads that say I can just make $10,000 by doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. so, so they're all lies? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. All right. Well, Hazel, um, we, we're, getting, we're getting close, uh, cl close to the, the ending mark here. We're, we're trying to keep it in, into an hour mark. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor to have you here and actually talk about other things than World of Warcraft and pet battles and raid guides. And, you know, <laughs> uh, almost Saturday's videos, um, obviously, uh, the community, uh, you know, your community, our community, they, they watch the content for, you know, the, the value, you know, you provide and, you know, all, all, all of the, the gist of it and all, all, all of the pizzazz that, that comes with it. But man, I'm pretty sure a lot of the folks are actually uh, interested in, you know, what, what's happening behind, like, well, what does Hazel do to relax? What books does she read? How does the process work? And, you know, I just want to thank you, you know, for being open and, you know, sharing a lot of this stuff. It's been definitely inspiring and helpful at the same time. I cannot wait to order me some Cal Newport. It's been, it's been really fun as well to see how many things uh, that I actually, not a lot of content creators go that, that still affects me. Not a lot of content creators go that in depth about their, uh, their editing process and how, it, how, it, how much it takes to actually make a guide. And it's so cool. To know that there's so many similarities between uh, the the work that you do and the work that we do, yeah, it's, 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 actually, it's like weird. it's like a kind of meeting. Somebody's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, it's almost same weird. thing." Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's I mean, I mean, the kind of process. It's uh, it's been amazing, and I've been watching your channel for a lot of years, and your growth is amazing. And I, it kind of 
It personally kind of to me a little bit when he said like the, the standard uh, wow YouTuber or I don't know how you phrase it at the beginning is like you're you're doing pretty good. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, it's pretty good. But ah, shucks. if you if you if you listen closely, like she she will never be satisfied. She'll always want to get that that, that that's, next that's job. That's all creative people. Day. Yeah, man. That's what it is. And one thing, Hazel, you should definitely start. Well, I think it's a good time to just put on the bricks for that channel you're thinking about on you know tips and equipment and stuff you know the the meta stuff right i think mm -hmm. that's really missing and you should definitely do it i mean well, just just look at the quality of her camera and the, the sound i mean the sound is yeah. going through the discord hey guys if you don't believe me check this out yeah yeah look um <laughs> check uh well if you haven't known already uh look at the the links over there um uh, over there. there you can find hazel yeah. all over the place youtube.com twitch.tv twitter.com slash hazel nutty games that's where you can find her um thank you once again hazel for joining it's been a pleasure uh hope we can have you again on the season three yeah. um and hopefully we can talk then more about your new channel and uh how's that how will that go for you <laughs> oh, no pressure though yeah that would be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> it's always fun to talk shop. I feel like because you work, I mean, you guys have each other, but because I work like so solo on this stuff, um, I don't often have a have yeah. a lot of opportunity to just chat about all the the bits that make it go. And that's like part of my favorite part. I love the tech of yeah, it. It's just so interesting. So I, I always kinda, fun to get to talk about it. I kind of I kind of uh, got the image of because you 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 seem like a tech tech geek. Like you know, cameras and microphones stuff, but we'll, we'll we'll definitely save some material for for the next episode. That being yeah. said, thank you so much, Hazel, for for joining. Thank you very much. It's been a blast. Yeah. It's a it's a, enough enough with the outro, right? It's, that's it. <laughs> we can make the the closing part and uh, uh, check right. it up. On well, the next uh, this this has been for uh, the first episode of uh, Mocast, the second season, second. And uh, you can find our show on uh, Spotify, Spotify, Overcast, Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, yeah, like YouTube, you all, know, all the stuff. And, and if you and if you're listening on all of those platforms, you can also check our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/MarcelInLine, where we play WoW and do some uh, basic class guides. And hey, if you don't know where your interrupt is, <laughs> yeah, check us out. Check us out. Also, be sure to check the previous episodes on season one. We got a bunch of cool stuff and inspiring. Also, you know, with folks like. Noble and Mr. GM and uh, uh, Stoops uh, on the PFI with the Stoops one was like uh, more of Pyromancer, a Akalon, yeah, it was it, hero, it's, it's yeah. a blast. It's a, blast, it's a blast. blast. Yeah, the hero one is also really good. Like, all of them are really good. Definitely check them out. And that being said, let's cut it off because we made like a five hours <laughs> outro. <laughs> yeah, let's get the fuck out. See you next time, guys. Take yeah, care. Have a great week ahead. Bye -bye. Still, I play wow. Still, I play wow.